Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Continue to hear how you know stoked you were for this defense, this secondary. Um, Jalen Ramsey coming back is going to, you know, inject so much life into this thing and and let Vic Fangio do things that he dreamed of, but you hope X is out there. You know, he's suffering from this what groin injury. Um, if he's not out there, I mean, we're kind of in the same situation, but getting Jalen Ramsey back is huge and he can come down, play in a box a little bit, move in, play nickel, you know, drop down, help in the run game, do a lot of things. And you know how excited he is to go out there and prove all the doubters wrong. So, yeah, man, let's see the way this all things shakes up. But, uh, Javon Holland, right? Concussion. He's, um, that one's scary. Yeah. They didn't even show it at the stadium. So I don't even know that I still saw a good angle of him and David Long, but didn't David Long not return to the game? Javon Holland did, and then uh, Javon Holland had a concussion, and David Long was perfectly fine. Is that not how it worked out? Concussions, Science. man. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, a little context, too. For last week, neither Xavier Howard or Connor Williams practiced on Wednesday. They both practiced today. Just for a little, let's hope, trending in the right direction. Um, Adam Schefter actually just tweeted out that Raheem Mostert missed practice on Wednesday due to an ankle injury. That one, I mean, Mostert's been getting rest for most of the season on Wednesdays. I'm not super worried about that. Tyree Kill missed practice with a hip injury. That's another one where it might be a little concerning, might slow him down a little bit. But overall, come Sunday, I, I expect both those guys to be out there. I, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but, but yeah, I, I feel, still feel fairly confident about those two. Yeah, and... and... You you better hope Tyreek Hill's out there. You know he he does so much. Even though I, I think he only had what, back. River Craycraft. Yeah, you, that's another thing you got to mention. River Craycraft. Bobby Chosen is basically a poor man's Tyreek Hill, right? <laughs> you keep you keep pushing that narrative, Josh. One day it'll come true. His but, visor's cool. His visor's cool. It is cool, but uh, yeah, River Craycraft. His window to practice, you know, uh, to be activated from IR, you get 21 days from that. That was uh, that was open today, so you you should be seeing River Craycraft come back at, at some point here. Um, hopefully, not at the expense of Tyree Kill. So hopefully, that hip injury is not all too concerning. Um, he was in and out of the game on Sunday. I believe it was you who broke the news, Joshua, that he had entered the blue tent at one point. I hadn't seen that from anybody else on Twitter. Um, so we saw that from you. We'll give you your, your flowers on that. Uh, so hopefully not an issue. He did finish the game. And, and even though he only had, I think it was like 40 or 44 yards, something like that against the Patriots last time these two teams met, um, he still is uh, the type of player that opens things up for everybody else. So if Belichick wants to take away uh, Tyreek Hill, you can still get the ball to Jalen Waddle, who thankfully is not suffering from those back spasms uh, that, that he was suffering from on Sunday night. Those seem to have cleared up. He should be able to go. The injury I want to talk about, and I want to get get your guys' opinion on this, is, is Isaiah Wynn going to injured reserve here, missing the next four games. So he's not even eligible to come back after the bye. And yeah, according to Mike McDaniel, it could be more than that. You might be looking at closer to a week 15 or 16 um, return for Isaiah Wynn. What does that mean for this Miami Dolphins offensive line, a group that had surprised all of us uh, up to this point this season and, and been really a, a top unit in the National Football League? Does losing the offensive line is so important? Having a cohesive group is so important. Does losing a left guard, where, where's the line where, you know, obviously you're a starter in the NFL, you're a great player, you deserve to be there. Where's the line of, you know, you're losing a starter. We talk about all these different guys that are injured that this, we need to hit the panic button. 
I don't I don't know if left guard is in that that bucket of, you know, we lose the left guard. Now the entire um, operation is going to collapse on itself. Josh, what do you think? For me, I just don't want to see Liam Eikenberg out there, right? I mean, that might be as mean as it can be, but I I mean, I have faith in Rob Jones. You know, Lester Cotton didn't look terrible against a very good defensive line, but uh, the kids are the kids don't want Liam Eikenberg out there either. So that'd be my opinion. I would That's actually, mean, though, but I don't want to see Liam Eikenberg out there. I would actually retort that Lester Cotton didn't look good at all against the Philadelphia Eagles. Compared and, to Liam Eikenberg, I mean, it's it's a toss up, right? <laughs> Lester, I mean, that's, Lester where I was, Cotton, that's what I was going with. Lester Cotton himself was responsible for a TD being taken off the board uh, on a slant to Tyreek Hill, which was a beautiful pass from Tua Tungavailoa, which was called back because of a Lester Cotton penalty. So I, don't, I actually don't feel like Lester Cotton played a very good game at all. Um, but so yeah. let's do Rob Jones. That would have been my preference. Anyway. I would feel so much I was better. Trying to feel, Rod... I was trying to be nice to Lester Cotton, but um, <laughs> okay. So if, if they, who would you rather have in there? If it was Lester Cotton or Liam Meikenberg, let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, if forced to pick the lesser of the two evils, I think I would go with Lester Cotton, especially at the left guard position. But let's all keep our hands pressed together for a quick Robert Jones uh, return, and hopefully he can get healthy. But then we need Connor Williams out there, because if he's not, then Eichenberg's playing center, and then you're – Yes, yes. It's The dominoes start to fall a little bit with these injuries on that offensive line. I'm willing to give Lester Cotton another week. Mike McDaniel had some very, very nice things to say about him. And I I completely missed the boat here. He's been in the league for like five, six years. So this isn't someone who's just kind of uh, uh, drowning as one of the younger players in the NFL. I'm not saying he's a long-term option. I I like the idea of Robert Jones coming in and being that guy as well. Uh, Neither of those guys are listed in Miami's death chart as a left guard. I just want that to be out there, which I think is super <laughs> confusing. Actually, Robert Jones is listed ahead of Lester Cotton, so I don't understand why Lester Cotton was the first to go in at left guard. Uh, but yeah, Mike McDaniel was the first to say, you know, Lester will be the first one to tell you uh, he did not play well. He knows what he has to clean up, and he's going to work every day to do that. So that's just something to keep in mind there. But Merrick, is left guard a position where the Dolphins must make a trade or is this a position where you can get by making a little chicken salad out of, you know? I would say that if I were the man to make that decision, I would be trading for an offensive lineman at this point. And maybe not necessarily a left guard, but but left guard certainly a position of concern with that Isaiah Wynn injury. Here's another thing to consider with that Isaiah Wynn injury. Isaiah Wynn is a tackle as well. He's a backup tackle on this team. So right now you're already down to your second string left tackle in Kendall Lamb, who's playing uh, for Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead will come back this season for about two and a half quarters before he gets injured again. And then we'll have to force Kendall Lamb back in that left tackle spot. Listen, I don't want to be that guy. Teron Armstead, great, great football player. That man can't stay healthy at all you, you he's he's literally just you know a walking doctor's note he he's not i hope he comes back and stays healthy i got all uh all fingers and toes crossed in this moment as i'm saying that but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bet my mortgage payment on it it's just not gonna happen so uh with isaiah wind down who is your backup right tackle does anyone know keon smith no thank you I don't not know. So no, nobody really. knows. Says Keon Smith. I don't know if it's real. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to see Keon Smith play meaningful snaps at right tackle. So I am trading for an offensive lineman. If at the very least, because that opens Kendall Lamb, if I trade for a tackle, that opens Kendall Lamb 
uh, to be able to play right tackle just in case something happens to Austin Jackson. And that is assuming that Teron Armstead comes back and, and stays healthy at that left tackle position. So I'm trading for an offensive tackle or I'm trading for a guard. Either one. I feel good about both. And may I may I just give you a name right now? Maybe a name that we could uh, we could discuss. And this is with the caveat that I suck at math. I don't know anything about, you know, cap space and all that stuff like that. I'm not sure how we fit these players in or how we afford them. But can I mention Garrett Bowles, offensive tackle, the Denver Broncos, who, like you said earlier, Jake, are having a fire sale right now. Come and get it. Who do you want? Well, I want left tackle Garrett Bowles. He can be our backup left tackle that could free up Kendall Lamb to maybe play left guard or swing over to right tackle if, God forbid, anything happens to Austin Jackson, who's having himself a great year. Garrett Bowles, 31 years old. Right now, he's got an 81.8 pass blocking grade on Pro Football Focus right now. He's actually consistently, through his career, been a very highly graded pass blocker. He's a little bit down on his run blocking this year, um, but but historically has been a pretty average run blocker uh, for the Denver Broncos. Uh, and he's only allowed one sack this year. And in limited action last year, he did leave uh, in week five with a broken leg. He only allowed one sack last year as well. So Garrett Bowles, expensive. I will admit, expensive player. Nothing scary. The cap, the cap hits a little much. It's a little high. It's not my job. I don't need to figure that out. Mathematics, not my strong suit. Apparently, my strong suit is just yelling into a microphone for the last thirty-seven minutes. You're doing minutes. great, though. <laughs> but th- thank you very much. But uh, Garrett Bowles, if he's available, I want him on the Dolphins. You can never have enough offensive linemen, and we saw what happened against the Eagles when you're forced to play a bunch of backups uh, at a, at key positions along that line. Uh, I don't want that. I want Garrett Bowles on this team. So what is it going to take to get him? I'm not sure. He's a former first-round selection. Can you offer a third-round pick for Garrett Bowles? Does that get it done? I believe he has one year left on his contract after this one. So you're not just – it's not just a a half-season rental. How do you guys feel about – is it? Yes, because – Josh, go ahead and try to guess what Garrett Bowles' cap hit is next year. Just just try to take it. It's a little pricey. It's a little pricey. I don't know. Uh, eight, eight million. Oh, million. That, yeah, eight million, million sounds dollars. good. <laughs> I'm guessing. Yeah, that's twenty million. Just, it's a little pricey. That's nearly eight percent of the salary cap to someone who you suggested might be a backup. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, next year, how next much year, was it? How much was it? Twenty million. I'll tell you what. Next year, he's not a backup on my team because as much as I love him, Teron Armstead is not on this team next year. If I'm the general manager of the Miami Dolphins. He's he's made of glass and I don't I need somebody who uh, who can who can I can depend on to be out there at left tackle and Toronto arm said unfortunately is not it. So you can cut him next year and save 16 mil, but I think that four mil hit hurts the Dolphins more than than having the flexibility of the 16 mil does going into next year. I just thinking about the cap situation. I just can you find a way to get like an Emmanuel Agba involved or or something like that? Uh, Cedric Wilson, are we going to see? Should we all bet on Cedric Wilson this weekend because this is going to be like his coming out party before they trade him the next day? Can we uh, tinfoil hat? Well, unfortunately, I don't think you can include him in a deal to the Broncos because the Broncos are trying to get rid of players, not add players. But uh, but, you know, again, you do get out of a Wilson earlier. So you could kind of talk it into like the Tannehill deal deal where you kind of eat Eat a little bit. I I just no. I just uh, today I started thinking about some trade scenarios. We are coming up on that trade deadline next Tuesday, Halloween. Um, you know, and, and, and offensive line is, is kind of where my mind went after seeing that game on Sunday. So Garrett Bowles 
was a guy who's rumored to be available. Like you said, very expensive. Can somebody massage the cap a little bit? You know, I, I don't know. I'm not that guy. Somebody else can do that job. But I, I just think Garrett Bowles is a, is a solid football player who could help this team in multiple spots. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be pissed if the Dolphins figured out a way to make it work. Let me give you another name on the offensive line. Austin Corbett, left guard. Well, actually, a guard. I don't know if he's left or right guard. I, I am not a Panthers fan, but he plays for the Carolina Panthers. However, he hasn't played much this season. He actually just got activated off of injured reserve this week practicing this week, not guaranteed to play Sunday uh, for the Panthers, but uh, Garrett Bowl, or excuse me, Austin Corbett last year, last season was the highest uh, run blocking grade of his career with a 76.2. He's an above average run blocker each of the last three season, former second round pick of the Cleveland Browns also spent time with the LA Rams, won a Super Bowl with the Los, Los Angeles Rams. So you get a little bit of that Super Bowl pedigree coming in. Um, probably needs a, an extra week to be ready to play. Um, he's on the second year of a three-year deal that he signed with the, the Carolina Panthers. His cap hit for next year, again, a little bit pricey. Not as pricey as Garrett Bowles. Austin Corbett scheduled to make $10.1 million next year. Uh, and restructures can happen and, and and things like that. But but Austin Corbett, guard from the Panthers, uh, could help solidify this offensive line, especially with Isaiah Wynn uh, missing a significant amount of time coming up here. Because I really like the way Wynn was playing, and I'm concerned that he's not going to be available for a number of weeks for this Miami Dolphins team. So Austin Corbett, a guy on a, a winless Panthers team right now. They already traded away multiple draft picks. Um to get Bryce Young, who's been a, a bit of an underperforming rookie quarterback for them, they might be willing to let some of these guys go to restock that 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 draft capital. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have no issue with that. I think the biggest thing for me is you, we just don't really know the severity of some of these injuries, right? I mean, a lot of these guys um, are unknown to us, you know, whether we're going to need a left guard, whether we're going to need a center, whether Connor Williams come back this week. So, um, yeah, I think they're going to need to add to the offensive line. I continue to look at the center position, and I was trying to go through and try to find some names to to throw out there because I knew you were trying to do this, Merrick. So um, I looked at some free agents next year, and another guy for the Broncos, and he's probably not even up for trade. I know he's probably up for a big deal, but uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, he's a guy that I know at, played at LSU, three-year started there at Denver. A lot of us Dolphin fans, I believe, uh, you know, are posting gifts of him throughout the draft process. So that's a center. So do they need a center? Do they need someone? Because how did I know you would want somebody named Cush? I don't know, but you hear the baby crying because she just <laughs> oh, thinking clearly about, she's thinking about Lloyd. Uh, she's just thinking about Liam Eikenberg playing center any longer, and she just she can't bear it. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was also a pipe dream one. I wanted to make sure I threw that out. <laughs> hey, man, we're getting crazy here. These are fantasy trade scenarios, and we can do whatever we want because we're just three dudes talking on a Miami Dolphins podcast. Derrick Henry. Derrick the Henry. There you go. I, I got one for you. Aaron Donald. How about Aaron Donald, who has like a 30-something million dollar cap hit next season? They did the shake hands at that UFC game, uh, the UFC match, right? Didn't they shake hands in the crowd Who's or something they? like that? Aaron Donald and Mike McDaniel, they were they were definitely uh, in cahoots. They're about buddies. Something. Where would that where would that trade negotiation start? Zach Sealer, Jalen Phillips, and a first? No, Christian, Christian Wilkins. Baby. Oh, Christian Wilkins. You need you need to get rid of some contracts. You cannot you cannot take on thirty six mil. <laughs> Just get you're, you're, you're getting Cedric Wilson. No, but you're getting rid of future year. contracts. You're getting rid of future contracts because you know you got to pay Christian Wilkins. 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, not a cap expert here. I don't know how much is left this year to be paid to Aaron Donald. So it's not the full amount, but, but yeah, I think in this scenario, certainly, which again, 99.9% sure this is not happening, but if you were to get Aaron Donald, you absolutely have to send Christian Wilkins back in the deal. He'd walk. You, you can't, you cannot make it work. He, he, you, the best way to free up the cap space would be to get rid of Sealer and then let Wilkins walk at the end of the year and hope you can survive this year. I think, I mean, that's just such a crazy contract. I'd love to see, I'd love to see those negotiations happen. I'm definitely not saying it isn't a possibility because the Dolphins traded for Tyreek Hill while we were recording a podcast, but, uh, yeah, I, it's so tough because it's the fantasy football trade season too. Cause you don't want to right away start with a trade that just isn't going to work. So I, I don't know if like, is Wilkins going to want to go to the Rams? Is he going to want to stay with the Rams? Are the Rams ready to pay a defensive tackle long-term that's not named Aaron Donald? It's interesting. It's interesting because the Dolphins are in a really tough spot where they're going to have to sign some guys down the road. I do wonder if they just kind of bite the bullet on one of the guys that they're hoping blooms in a year or two to get one of these offensive linemen. I like the idea of an Austin Corbett, someone who can fill in, someone you're not necessarily relying on, but you have them for two years. The cap hit isn't too uh, big where you can really integrate them into the system and really get them to be part of this team instead of the one-year rental. But I think the Dolphins, I think it, they have like 3.5 million cap space. They're bottom five after freeing up 1.5 from uh, restructuring Jason Sanders' contract, I think like last week, something like that. It's going to be someone who, uh, I mean, I could they find an Isaiah Wynn adjacent, a backup tackle who comes in and plays guard? I mean, we've heard it before that this team doesn't need guys who have great technique. They need guys who are going to go maul other dudes. Like, that that's how they start. So I think that'd be a nice way to uh, really get someone in here who can just pick up and start going. If we want to talk about maulers, let's just bring back Richie Incognito. How about that? I'm fine with that. I, I, I work, uh, I'm good with it. Here's the deal. They're probably not going to make a trade. I think they've exhausted that. They, they've spent a lot of draft, draft picks sending uh, those picks away for some really good players. You know, we're not going to fault them for that. Uh, they've, they've tied up a lot of money to those really good players, and they have really good players that they need to extend. You know, we've been through that list ad, nause, ad nauseum over the last, you know, year, year and a half. I don't see them making a, a trade. And even I believe Mike McDaniel said something today to the effect of Chris Greer has not uh, popped into his office to discuss trading for any players. So do I think a trade happens? No, but uh, it's fun to fun to talk about. Maybe a sixth, seventh round pick going somewhere. I could see could, that kind of. It could, it could. I, I was joking with you guys, but I mean, they need could use a guard. They could use a center, Dan Feeney. I mean, you may as well trade for him. <laughs> we get that breed. trade back. Like what the hell? No trade backs. That that is one of those things where if you're just trying to wheel and deal too quickly, it's like, yeah, we signed this guy to a one point two million dollar deal in the offseason. Hell yeah, that's worth a fifth round pick. We'll definitely pay one point two million for a fifth round pick. But the fine print says Liam Eikenberg has to start. So I mean, it's the you got to read the fine print on those trades. The I, and I mean, I hate to be Debbie Downer as I have been throughout this entire episode, but. They were asking for this. The Dolphins asked for this to happen. Like you said, they traded away Dan Feeney. Uh, they signed Isaiah Wynn, who has an extensive injury history. A couple of years ago, they signed Teron Armstead, who has an extensive injury history. They were banking on these guys to, to take some sort of magic elixir and stay healthy this year. And guess what? Surprise, surprise. It didn't work out. Teron Armstead's been injured for the entire season, and now Isaiah Wynn suffers a significant injury, significant enough that it could keep him out for the next seven, eight weeks, uh, which is all year. I think that's absolutely kind of the vibe I got from McDaniel. It was it was not good about Wynn. And it's interesting because if you look at a lot of the advanced analytics around Wynn, 
nobody was ranking him near the top of the league in guard. I think that kind of itself speaks to how the Miami Dolphins are getting these offensive linemen to be successful. I, I go back to them just mauling people, and I think you can find the right guys to come in and be that. And it's not going to look pretty. It's not going to be super efficient, but it's going to get the job done, give Tua his 2.3 seconds to get rid of the ball, and uh, everyone will be better because of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And hopefully, shout out Butch Berry. Sorry, my mic wasn't on. Shout out Butch Berry. <laughs> no, and Butch Berry has done a phenomenal job. Uh, and, and to McDaniel's credit, uh, or to McDaniel's point, hopefully, with a week worth of practice, Lester Cotton can look much better at that left guard spot. We better hope because the Patriots are a physical team. They're going to come in here, they're going to be, you know, all jazzed up from that victory over the Buffalo Bills. And the Miami Dolphins are going to have to do something about it. You know, that Patriots defense, they traded for J.C. Jackson, and we all laughed. Well, son of a bitch. He's been looking pretty damn good in a Patriots uniform so far. So just our luck. But but they have a, a, a tough physical test this upcoming Sunday, and they haven't fared well in these tough physical games uh, so far this season. So hopefully they can change their luck around against a Patriots team that is on an upswing after that, that victory against the bills. But I'm a little concerned. I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm a little nervous for this game on Sunday. It's a must win in my opinion. Before we take off here, Merrick, can we get your uh, game prediction? Yes, we can get my game prediction. Yes. Uh, I will predict me personally, I will predict the Miami Dolphins win. You know, I've been I've been a little down on this team throughout this entire episode. Again, doesn't mean that I I'm out on them this year. Doesn't mean I'll ever be out on this team. This is going to be my team till the day I die. Hopefully later than sooner. But they, man, they're trying to give me heart attacks every single week here uh, when they're playing these tough teams. But I, I do think we're going to get the job done at home against the New England Patriots. I think Mike McDaniel does a really good job of not allowing this team to look ahead and take any opponent lightly. So I do think they're going to they're gonna take the Patriots seriously. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be one of those games where the Dolphins dominate. I think the Patriots are a tough team. It's, it's a divisional opponent. Those games are always hard. So I will take a Dolphins victory, but I'm going to take it at a little bit lower of a score than they have been scoring at home. I think they'll score 24 points. I think the Patriots will score 20, and I think the Dolphins will eke out a four-point victory. But a victory is a victory, and we'll take it, especially a divisional victory. And uh, – hate to be that guy, but I, I, I forgot to ask my kids. I've, I've been avoiding talking about the Miami Dolphins for a couple days. It's been too painful. So. I was even going to ask who they picked because they, they've been pretty spot on with this thing. They both picked Eagles uh, or Dolphins victories last week. I was the one who, who was uh, the one who came in here and said the Eagles would win. There was just a dark cloud hanging over this game for me. I just felt bad about it from the very beginning. So, Debbie, you think the Patriots and the Dolphins game 24 to 20. You think the Dolphins mm-hmm. are going to score the same amount as they did at Gillette with uh, Gonzalez and Matthew Judon in the line? I do. I do. I oh. do. I This offensive line worries me. It really does. And the the we don't know what's happening yet with Connor Williams. We don't know what's yet what's happening yet with Xavier Howard. We don't know what's happening yet with Jalen Ramsey. If all three of those guys play, I'll feel a lot better about this. And, and I think that maybe they'll get some turnovers, which could lead to some more points from this offense. I need to know what's going on with Tyreek Hill as, as the week progresses. But uh, I think it's, it's just one of those games against a tough opponent you know, a divisional opponent where you're just going to have to, it's going to be a little bit of a slog and, you know, this ankle injury for Raheem Mostert's popping up today. It's got me feeling just a little nervous about this game. So I do think we'll win, but I think it'll be a little bit closer than we'd like. And I think, um, 
I think maybe they'll they'll play it a little bit more conservatively to save some of these big big plays for the Chiefs in Germany the following week.